welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. Today we're going to concentrate on the Kipco British Champions Day at Ascot. All our usual guests will be here. We've got Simon Holt, Richard Phillips, Colin Brown, Dave Wilson, Rod Melman, Jamie Snowden, they'll all be here. Sit back, get your pen and paper out, and we'll see if we can find you some winners on the big day at Ascot. We'll also look back on Gary Alexander's very bad Saturday. Well, good evening and welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. And as I just said, we are going to be looking at Kipgo British Champions Day at Ascot. And Bookie... Gary Alexander is going to recount what a bad day he had all those years ago when Frankie had his seven winners on the trot. So, let's get started. And I think just for a change this week, we will start with all the racing news. With Mike Patton, of course. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News, which includes all the news that is the news from the racing media, and includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Patton, and here's our first story this week. Bryony Fost made a triumphant return to the saddle aboard Sincani in the two-mile handicap for professional jump jockeys. The Amanda Perrett-trained four-year-old travelled powerfully throughout and went clear at the furlong pole before holding off the challenge of the fast-finishing Trilly Hills under Nico de Bonville. Frost had been on the sideline since April the 7th after fracturing a vertebrae in her back at Aintree's Grand National Meeting. Frost told Racing TV, Just awesome. He's a complete pro. With the jumps ground being a bit firm at the minute, Amanda Perrett and Sam Strong asked if I wanted to ride him, so I took the opportunity. I thought it was a great place to start, and an amazing track to ride. It's been a long time off the track, but the buzz was there. I was actually thinking, when he travelled strongly to the front, oh no, this'll be it, I'll hit the front and then get swallowed on the line. Luckily, he kept me going all the way. He was a really happy horse out there, and he loved the step-up in trip. He was back on his last winning mark, and everything was looking right for him. It has been a long road to recovery for the 27-year-old, but there is no sweeter feeling than a winning return. Frost added, To come back on a winner is absolutely awesome, and I can't thank the team enough for it. It was a long process, but it's not our first time being out for so long. We know what to do with our body now to get it back 110%. Six-time Grade 1 winning rider is set to make her return over obstacles at Fakenham on Friday where she is provisionally booked on four horses for Lucy Wadham. And next, here on the Racing News. Leading Queen Elizabeth II stakes contender Maljoum has been ruled out of Champions Day next weekend after failing to recover from a setback he suffered earlier in the year. 
The German 2000 Guineas winner has not been seen since finishing an unlucky fourth in the St James Palace Stakes at Royal Ascot earlier this season and had previously missed an intended run in the Prix Jacques de la Moirois in August due to a dirty scope. The William Haggis-trained son of Caravaggio was a general 5-1 to one shot for the mile Group 1 next Saturday, but will miss the race and be put away before a four-year-old campaign next year. The trainer's wife, Maureen Haggis, said, He won't make it. We just haven't got him back in time from his little issue and he'll have a winter off. He's too nice to risk and has won a Group 2 already. You can't do that sort of thing for selfish reasons, as we've got to look after the horse for next year. Connections are already eyeing up a tilt at the Lockin Stakes at Newbury next May, and hope he could be the next star to replace Baid, who will retire following his run in the Champion Stakes. He's a miler through and through, and will keep sacred in training too to aim her at the Lockinch to try and win her a Group 1, Haggis added. Baid's great at the moment, and we're lucky to have him, and should be looking forward to it as we are, but it'll be sad to see him go. He's been a fantastic horse, and we'll never have another one like him. Jacques Le Marois winner in Spiral is a general 10-11 favourite to win the QE2, ahead of 2020 winner The Revenant, who is a 4-1 shot. Next up, here on the Racing News. Courant trainer Michael Grassick has described the sale of Classic Hope's small oasis from his yard as tough to take after the highly impressive juvenile winner left to join Jessica Harrington. The John Nolan-owned filly, a daughter of Sioux Nation who went unsold at 2,500 guineas as a yearling, would have been worth many multiples of that sum after winning a Carrara Maiden last month by four and three-quarter lengths. A performance Grassig said was, quote, special. Small Oasis was entered for the Irish 1,000 guineas before that win and finished a promising third to midnight mile in the Group 3 oh-so-sharp stakes at Newmarket on Friday when tackling quicker ground than ideal. However, Grassig revealed a deal had been struck for the filly to join Harrington, tweeting a picture of his staff bidding farewell to the yard's top performer after returning from Newmarket. She arrived home safely from the UK, but sadly was saying goodbye as she has been sold, said Grassick. It's very tough for all who have put so much hard work and care into producing a top-class filly to now lose our chance to take her further. He added, she'll be trained by Jessica Harrington for new connections. It's tough to take, but we'll have to try and find the next one now. Grassick, who was among the winners at the Carrara on Saturday with handicapper Longsieur, believes an improved version of Small Oasis will be seen when she runs on her favourite soft ground. Grassick said, She ran a great race at Newmarket, but the good ground was just too quick for her. David Nolan, the rider, said, She got lost coming down the hill and that the ground felt very quick. She changed her legs three or four times. She needs a bit of juice in it, but she'll be very good next year when she gets soft ground. And next, here on the Racing News. A phenomenal week for Frankel in the Newmarket sales ring was capped in style on the track, as 12 years after the Super Sire won the Dewhurst, his chestnut son Chaldine repeated the feat under a battered and bruised Frankie de Tory.
Frankel, the jewel in the crown of the bloodstock behemoth Judmont, was the highest-grossing stallion at book one of the Tattersall's October yearling sale across town, with his 25 lots returning receipts totalling 18,745,000 guineas over the three days, including the 2,800,000 guineas top lot. Chaldean was bred by Whitsbury Manor Stud and sold to Judmonte for 550,000 guineas as a foal. But that is looking good business after wins in the Akum Stakes, Champagne Stakes and now the Dali-backed Group 1 Dewhurst Stakes. Having made the majority of the running, Chaldean showed a burst of speed his sire would have been proud of over two furlongs out, before holding on gamely to defeat runner-up Royal Scotsman by a head. For good measure, Judmont also sent out Kingman Colt Nostrum to finish third as they topped a phenomenal week on and off the track. He's a special horse by a special stallion, said Judmont racing manager Barry Mahon of the winner. We're very lucky to have Frankel and Kingman. They're two phenomenal sires and testament to Prince Khaled's breeding for over 30 years that he's bred elite stallions like these two. Chaldean won't have any problems staying a mile and neither will Nostrum. He'll be a better horse next year and we've got two lovely horses who will keep us dreaming through the winter. Reflecting on Frankel's impact in the sales ring earlier in the week, Mahon added, We've seen that every buyer of thoroughbreds around the world was keen to add a Frankel to their stable. That's how well he's done as a racehorse and a stallion. Dittori managed his customary flying dismount after the race, but he was clearly suffering, having taken a heavy fall earlier in the day, when his mount lift-off clipped heels with a rival in the Zetland Stakes. Dittori said, I'm pretty shook up, I must say. I don't envy the jump jockeys, but luckily I'm in one piece. I've got a couple of knocks and a bit of a headache, but there's nothing like a group one to put you right, right? On the winner, he added, when we shot clear, I thought we had it in the bag, and I think Chaldean lost his concentration a bit, as he was all on his own. I probably kicked a bit too early, but he's tough and well balanced. At the moment, I'd say a mile is no problem. He's neat and compact, and handled the dip well. He's a proper guineas horse, and they can dream now for next year. Having landed the 2,000 guineas with Camico in 2020, winning trainer Andrew Balding was delighted to have another genuine contender for the Newmarket Classic on his hands and agreed with Dettori and Mahon that the mile would be no issue come the spring. Balding said, The nice thing is he's so relaxed. He should go on next year and certainly stay a mile, so we've got lots to look forward to. He's just a dream horse, really. He doesn't have to make it, and the bigger the field, the probably the better off he'll be. He's all speed on his damn side, so I'd be surprised if he gets further than a mile. We'll see how he's training in the spring, but I think I'd be comfortable going straight for the Guinness. I can't be making that decision at the moment, though. His fourth victory of the year sent Chaldean towards the head of the betting for next season's 2,000 guineas, with Paddy Power offering 8-1 to one from 12 for the Newmarket Classic over a mile, with Little Big Bear the 5-1 to one favourite. 
This is the first season Balding has trained for Judmont, and he revealed that Chaldean was the first into his famous King's Clear Yard of the horses which were sent to him. It's a huge privilege to train for them, particularly when you get sent horses like him by the stallions they have access to. It's a dream, said the trainer. It's an amazing race to win, and the most important two-year-old race of the year. My father, Ian, won it with Silly Season, Mill Reef and Dashing Blade, so I've got a bit of catching up to do. Runner-up Royal Scotsman put a disappointing run in the gym crack behind him to confirm the promise he had shown earlier in the season for Paul and Oliver Cole, pushing the winner all the way to the line to leave connections keen on a rematch in the Guineas. And finally, here on the Racing News... Frankie de Tory found himself on the floor during the opening race on Future Champions Day at Newmarket after his mount liftoff clipped heels and sent herself and her rider spiralling to the ground. The juvenile filly, who was taking part in the Group 3 Zetland Stakes, was racing towards the rear of the field when she came down just after the four furlong marker. Both horse and rider were quickly to their feet after the fall. While Dottori was checked over by the doctors, Liftoff galloped off loose across the heath that surrounds Newmarket Racecourse before being caught not too far from the neighbouring July course. Dottori, who brushed off his fall and went on to land Group 1 success on Chaldean in the Dewhurst, said, I'm fine. The filly just clipped heels. She races with her head a bit high. I don't envy jump jockeys. Liftoff was confirmed to be none the worse for the fall by John Gosden, who trains the filly for the Thoroughbred Racing Corporation alongside his son Thady. She's absolutely fine, he said. She clipped heels and went down. And then she had a nice run around and a look at the July course before coming back. She's fine and the jockey rode in the next, so it was all all right. A report posted by the stewards at Newmarket confirmed Dottori said the fall was due to the filly running onto and clipping the hills with band of steel. Ground staff were shown repairing the area where liftoff and Dottori had fallen and Newmarket's clerk of the course and director of racing Michael Prosser said The filly just clipped hills. Frankie said so straight away. You could see that there was turf that had come up as a result of the fall so we had just packed it in. The Zetland was the first leg of a double for trainer Charlie Appleby, jockey William Buick and Godolphin, with flying honours taking the prize before Silver Knot won the Autumn Stakes. This has been the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden and join us again next time. Thanks for listening. Our thanks to The Racing Post and Sporting Life racing tv and of course mike padden for giving us all the news now we're going to have a look and see where we can go racing this weekend but i should think the majority of you will be going to ascot right well there are eight races over the jumps at newton abbott with a 110 start there are seven races over the jumps at market raisin 117 start six races over the flat at ascot of course the kipco champions day meeting 125 start Seven races on the flat at Catterick with a 135 start. Six races over the jumps at Stratford with a 140 start. And seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 525 start. And then on Sunday, there are eight races on the flat at Nars in Northern Ireland. 
with a 110 start. There are seven races over the jumps at Sedgefield with a 130 start. Seven races over the jumps at Kempton, a 140 start. And seven races on the jumps uh, at Cork in Ireland with a 155 start. Everybody can remember Frankie Dettori going through the card at Kip Go British Champions Day all those years ago. And one person in particular has got pretty bad memories of it, really. And that's our guest today, which is Mr. Gary Wiltshire. So um, I suppose we, we'd better get... We, it, it, it's kind of the story is there waiting to be told. So we, we're going to have to talk about Frankie and uh, the, the uh, Champions Day, which caused a lot of problems for you, I presume. Um, you know, just to start off on the, the, the first race, when you go into a, a situation such as that, I mean, obviously Frankie is very popular and, you know, all the housewives and all the rest of it they get on him i've no doubt but um you know when you when you see sort of was it six or seven seven wasn't it magnificent seven yeah, yeah. But i'll start off ad I'll, I'll start off with what happened that day how there's in life you don't know what's around the corner no and we was on our way to worcester and right. i lived at milton Keynes, that uh, little allwood which is a little village just outside milton Keynes, and we were driving to worcester and there was a big traffic delay at banbury yeah and when we come on the m40 and it was like it was snowed up for about six or seven miles and i thought well i'm going to miss the first race at worcester we won't get there and I run my clerk up Pete Outen who lives in Swindon at the time and I said Pete I'm never going to get there mate and I said I'll tell you what we'll do let's go to Ascot we'll switch and we'll go to Ascot it looks a real hard card I said you know we're only at the bottom of the rails we might go and nick a few quid there like win a monkey or something which mm. in them days 500 pounds was a lot of money yeah. and he said okay then I'll turn round I turn round instead of going towards Worcester I turn the instead of going north on the M4 at Banbury, I went left, finished up at Ascot, and you know what happened there. It was absolutely unbelievable. But it was a magnificent seven. But on the first five races, I wasn't doing any harm, you know. Mm, I, mm. I thought, yeah, and then when Frankie rode the first five winners, I got caught up in the uh, what was happening, the yeah. atmosphere. And uh, I only went there. You know, I was a very small bookie. Well, I won't say small bookie. I was the biggest bookie in the country. I would have thought uh, over 30 stone at them days. But <laughs> I had lost weight since. Then. But uh, I only went there to win a few quid, and I got absolutely carried away. And I think going into the sixth race, when he rode the first five winners, Frankie, I said to my clerk, I said, we've got a chance here. Like, I smell, you know, I've always been good with figures and everything. Yeah. And I knew the last one was 20 to 1, Fujiyama Crest, you know. Yeah. And I said, if he wins the sixth race, we've got a chance here, Pete, I'm going to have a go. And I did have a go, you know, he won the sixth race, and I don't think we was a lot behind. I think I might have been five or six hundred pounds behind. That was all, because I only yeah. laid the sixth one night at small money. Yeah. And then on the seventh one, it opened up at four to one. And if anybody read my book, Winning It Back, it's got all the me accounts from Coles that day. <laughs> how much I lost to him on that race and I think I lost 480,000 at Coles and the first bet I laid was 20 grand at 4 to 1 well mm. if I could lay 4 to 1 a 20 to 1 chance that would suit me and would suit anyone who had any idea of you know of figures yeah. and then they took 3 to 1 then they took 2 and a half to 1 then they took 2 to 1 because the big boys the big firms the big betting shops wanted to shorten the price up for everyone who backed it in their shops so really and truthfully they was lessening their liabilities and I thought right I'm going to have a go here 
and the last bet I laid, I think, was 40 grand at 9 or 4, and I stood it for 1.4 million in one race. Now, you know, that's a big, 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 you could imagine. Any other, I don't think there's many other one called bookmakers who's ever done that. But uh, I did it. I thought it was money for nothing. You know, I've always loved the dinner. Yeah. And I thought I was getting free dinners for life here. <laughs> and I had no, I had no intonation the horse could win because I was a race horse owner at the time as well and if any David Wintle used to try my horses and Norman McCauley and we had if we had a horse who was a bit iffy we always used to put blinkers on it and yeah. I was always uh, any horse that had blinkers I wanted a layer and this horse I looked down it had blinkers as well Fujiyama Quest it couldn't win it was a 20 to 1 chance and I was laying 2 to 1 at the end of 20 to 1 chance so I just took it on yeah. the only good part of my the only good part of the story is good job they went off on time because if they'd have went off five minutes later that 1.4 million would have been 2.8 million and I think then we all would have been in big big trouble but uh, it won I don't know how it led all the way Frankie best day for racing I think I know I've done my money but it's done me it's done me no harm at all AD, because you know I got a job with BBC I was a BBC betting expert at Royal Ascot and Grand National everywhere with John Parrot on the TV. Then I went to Sky Sports, and I, I was a betting presenter there. And you know, and, and all my life, and even when I go racing now, when I go away on holiday, you'll always get someone when I'm walking along the parade. Hi, hi, where's Frankie? Do you want a pizza? You know, and that's what you get. But my life for the past 25 years, it's going to be a film. They wanted to do a film of it. With Ray Winston was going to play the part of me. Yeah. And uh, and even now, like 25 years on, you know, ITV want to do something this year. We're having a big night with Frankie. We was going to have one in Frome last year. Funny enough, up your way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Paul Star was going to uh, was going to get it all fixed up. The darts man, and we we was it was a sellout. And then unfortunately, COVID come along. Yeah. So we had to cancel that. A night with Frankie. A night with Gal and Frankie. Gal being me, a London n- nickname for people called Gary. Yeah. And uh, you know. But it's done me no harm, AD. You know, I love the game. I love horse racing. My family love horse racing now. And really and truthfully, people talk about that Frankie de Tory day. And I'm going to say it made me. Yeah. And not many people would say that. But, you know, I still go along in life with a smile. And that's what the game's all about. You know, I'm getting old now, but I still like to day at the races. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, as you're recording this, I'll be on the way to Market Raisin later on this evening racing. Yeah. I was at Nottingham yesterday, and I'll be at Chelmsford tomorrow so it's, it's free little rides Nottingham Market Raising in Chelmsford they're the three days what's coming up but I love the game like you love the game you love horse yeah. racing yeah. you know and a lot of your listeners would love horse racing where, where you're based at and it's just great it's a great way of life you know and, and I just think that you know people can get out don't forget we've had this situation with COVID we've all been locked in for a long long time haven't we yeah. and now we're yeah. all coming out of it and you know please God we've all got our health and that's what the game's all about about it's, life is not about money it's about health aiding. well what a story that is eh? a road traffic snarl up near Banbury poor old Gary ends up <laughs> losing his shirt down at Ascot unbelievable story that but he's a happy go lucky guy he's still going strong as Gary and good luck to him Well, as you all know, it's Kipco British Champions Day tomorrow at Ascot. And we always bring you experts with all their opinions. And we've got Simon Holt this week. We've got Colin Brown. We've got Dave Wilson. 
and we've also got me, A.D. Hopper. I'm not an expert. These other guys are supposedly are, but I thought, well, why don't I give my tips for the races as well? So here we go. The 125. I fancy the boarding yard are in pretty good form at the moment, and I think Coltrane, at a reasonable price, must have a bit of a chance. So that's my selection for the 125. The 2 o'clock. Kinross. Been running really great. The only slight doubt I've got is maybe this is one too many trip to the to the trough, but if Frankie rides him and hopefully he will, I think he's got a hell of a chance and he's he's proved that already this season. So we move on to the 240, and then I'm going to go for this one Ashada with Jim Crowley on board. It's uh, as usual, it's a Godolphin horse for Jim. I just think it's a good, got a good chance, and Jim Crowley's a hell of a jockey, and I like him. So a Sharda for me in the 240, in the 320, <clears throat> a big race. But I think the Revenant with Ryan Moore has got a chance. I mean, if Ryan Moore hasn't had a winner by this point, he's certainly going to be pushing for one. So I think that's got a chance. The four o'clock, well, this is over and done with before we even start. Seven hundred and thirty-seven thousand pound prize fund and it's got to be by I just can't see anything beating him and in the 440 I'm going for migration so there you go guys um, see if you can do better than that and uh, Mr Brown you're gonna owe me a tenner if you don't keep up with my work my rate of winnings okay well good afternoon Dave how are you today lovely bright afternoon yeah, it's lovely. Uh, I had a couple of days over at Chepstow last weekend, and uh, funny ground. It was a little bit soft on top, but solid underneath. Uh, mm. It was uh, quite a few non-runners appearing each day, but that's what you get with going not on the soft side of the national home, so yeah. that's to be expected. But nice to see a little bit of rain overnight the last couple of nights. And, yes, uh, yeah. Well, may it continue. I know we've lost Wing Can and come, meeting coming up with the ground too, too firm already. Mm. So uh, hopefully we'll get a little bit of rain and, and uh, soften everywhere off and we can get some proper national home racing on the well, road. Yeah, exactly. It seems seems odd to see such such, such small fields at Chepstow that, you know, that meeting. But... Uh... Yeah, well, it's uh, the national hunt horses need the soft going. Obviously, they're jumping, and you can't be jumping and landing on concrete going. You're going to jar the horses up, and they're yeah, exactly. for more than one race. So, uh, but we're lucky this week. We've got Newton Abbott on, which has got some uh, soft ground down there. It's good, good to soft at the moment. So, we've got some racing on down there, and that's where we're heading for the weekend. Anyway, we're going down there on Saturday, and. Uh, that's where we got the lucky 15 this weekend. Okay. Uh, we had a slight loss on the bet last week. and Unfortunately, we had one winner who was a, a nice price before about five non-runners come out. And he ended up going off at two to nine, <laughs> which wasn't very beneficial at all. No, so we had another winner with Nappers Hill. And uh, the other two didn't, didn't turn up, they, as they say. They, uh, they, they made it to the final furlong pole. And that's about as far as they could go. They was needing the... The seasonal opener, so yeah. uh, we've still got a bit of profit. They've got seventy-three pence for them at the moment. Oh, so, but they'll be uh, frothing at the mouth at the prospect, won't they? <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully we'll turn that into something else for a week. We're going to have a look at, as I say, we're going to Newton Abbott for the lucky fifteen. Okay. And we're going to start with the one ten race there, and uh, the horse that we like in that one is Harry Fry's Jinkoko. Uh, 
we went. I went to Fontwell. I had a horse running back in March, and Jim Coco was on in the same race. And Jim Coco absolutely hacked up. He won by 14 lengths and didn't come off the bridle. So uh, we're going to go with that one. Next time out, it appeared in a big handicap race out of Punchestown at the festival out there in April. And got a little bit caught coming off the last bend and didn't get a chance to get a winner. It only got beat a length by a horse called Broomfield Hall. So uh, it's up £8 in the handicap, but I still think Jim Coco's got a lot in hand at at that rate. So no prices available at the moment, but in the paper it's 2 to 1. So that's who we're going to have a look at in the first there. Okay, okay. Moving down to our second leg, it's going to be in the 220 race, and it's a horse called Umbrigado. Tom Scudamore takes a ride for David Pipe. Now, last time out, it got beat nine lengths by another one in the, in the race, Mr. Yates of Milton Harris's. But Umbrigado was giving it about two and a half stone in weight that day. I think it's about eight or nine pound difference in this race. Now, Umbrigado come off the last bend at Newton Abbott last time, absolutely swinging on the bridle. And obviously, the, the two and a half stone difference between the two of them told in the final furlong, and Mr Yates had had a couple of runs this season where Umbrigado was having his seasonal debut. So I've got a funny feeling it'll be a complete role reversal this time round. So we're going to side up with Umbrigado, and again, we've got no, pro- no prices at the moment, but the paper price is around about 5-1, to one. so he's going to be the second leg in our lucky 15. That you are. Moving down to the 3.30 race, uh, one that I own a toenail clipping of, uh, Sabrina, uh, one of the owner's group horses. Now, it's going to be ridden by Freddie Gingle and trained by Paul Nichols. Now, young Freddie is the grandson of Colin Tizard. Now, he's taken over the role of conditional jockey at the Paul Nichols yard this year to gain experience and working outside of uh, Uncle Joe and Grandad Colin's yard. So it's going to be a good experience for Freddie being up there. And he takes a valuable £10 off the back of Sabrina as he's only a, a new conditional jockey this season. So it's a, going to be a major benefit for the horse as well as having a super little lad. And I've seen him ride a couple of times and he's, he's going to be a fantastic jockey in the future. Now, Sabrina won very nicely at Wing Canton over two, and, two miles five back in March. And she looks like she's going to be every inch a good three miler in the making. Uh, she then came out and ran third in a Class 1 Grade 2 event up at Newbury, where she only got beaten a length and three quarters. Now, she's up three pounds in the handicap from that run. But as I say, young Freddie's going to be taking ten pounds off of her back. So she's going to be well down below or, up, or back to near enough the weight that she carried when she won at Wing Canton. Now, the paper price is seven to two. Now, if you if you want it to back Sabrina, I advise you get on her very early because she's got 4,000 owners of the owners group and I would imagine every single one of the 4,000 is going to be wanting to back her in this race, especially with the £10 that Freddie Gingle has taken off of her back as well. Yeah. So I, I, I advise anyone, if you're going to back that one, to get on it early and get the price because I don't think it'll last very long. Right, yeah. So she's the third leg of our... Uh, Lucky 15, and the fourth leg is in the 4.35 race, another Paul Nichols horse, and this one's called Silent Revolution. Now, this fella won a bumper back in December 2020, and he had a run at Newbury after that, and he didn't run very well, and I was there that day, and he he come back and he had a bit of a breathing issue. 
So they gave him 243 days off, and they, he had wind up during that period. And he then come out and he beat a very good horse called Brunfield Berg of J.P. McManus's in a class two. And Brunfield Berg has been rated around about 134-ish in the handicap. So it shows the calibre of Silent Revolution. And Silent Revolution come out again and he beat another horse called Lotteral Lad of Philip Hobbs's at Chepstow. And he just played with it. He just run with it until the final furlough. I shook the reins at it and Silent Revolution went clear. He looks to be a very, very nice horse in the making to me. And he's t- and the favourite in the race is a Harry Fry horse called Boot Hill. And I've been a little bit disappointed with him in his last four or five runs. He just hasn't seemed to be the horse he, he looked like he was going to be at the start of his career. Yeah. We're definitely siding up with Silent Revolution, whose paper price is around about 15 to 8. And again, I would imagine he'd be one that you need to get on early as well, because I can see a big stream of punters waiting to get on him and have a nice bet on him so that's what we got for you for the lucky 15 this week mate so, okay well uh, I, we're running there. this little just a little amongst ourselves in-house competition as to see who can get the best results from the uh, ascot meeting uh, kipco british champions day so uh, i'm hoping you're going to tell me what you think will win of the six races at uh, ascot as well now well, luckily, I've got the computer over and I've been through the card at Ascot as well. So, well, that's uh, lucky then, isn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. And, uh, in the first race, uh, the going up at Ascot at the moment is good to soft and soft in places as far as I I can see. And I can't see that changing too much because it's a nice sand-based track up there at Ascot. Yeah. So in the first race, I'm going to be going with Trushan, Anna King's superstar with Holly Doyle on board. I think he's, it's about... That time he got the go and he wants and, and on a track that he likes and everything else is in his favour there. So okay, in yeah. the first race we'd be going with True Shan. In the second race, the horse that's running out of his skin at the moment with Frankie on board is Kim Ross. Yeah, I think he's going to be very unbeatable really in that race. He, he, again, it's a, nut, it's a horse that's got his going and everything in favour for him. Yeah, I've already uh, done the that third one. Race, the third race of 2.40, I think Emily Upjohn's going to come back to form. I think she ran an absolute cracker in the Oaks, and then the two three-year-olds run an absolute disaster next time out when she run with Westover in the Irish Derby. Uh, not the Irish Derby, was it? I can't remember which race it was. They both tailed the field off. But Westover's come out and run very well in the arc last week. So I think Emily Upjohn's going to do exactly the same as she's going to come out and run well. Okay. Uh, the three twenty race, a horse that ran really well after a long layoff last time out is El Drama. I think he'll run he'll run a very big race there. Right. The four o'clock, I can't go against him. I've got to go no. with the bay. Who could? Is you can't. You're waiting for the story to come out on Netflix next year about him. Basically, if he wins, so yeah. it's going to be a. Another one like Frankel's Dream and yeah. everything else. So I think Bade's going to be the star of the day there. And in the last race of 4.40, Will Buick's on board a horse called Migration, uh, or Mitigation, I think. It, I can't no, Migration. Called, Migration. Yeah. Migration. Yeah. When he, he, he had the soft going up uh, Goodwood last year and he bolted through the field like a horse possessed and, uh, and won very, very easily. So again... He's going to have the same sort of going that he did that performance on at Goodwood, so I think he'll run a very big race there in the last, so we'll go with him. 
Lovely. Yeah, that's what we've got for all you at Ascot, mate. Okay, mate. Well, you've got two, three, three that I've chosen you've already done, so uh, we'll see. We will see. Yeah. Good. Thank you very no, much, Dave. That's a lovely job. We look forward to seeing how it all pans out on Saturday anyway. Um, so and, until next week, sir, I will speak to you then. Thank you very much for your content, and we'll speak to you later. Well, that was Dave Wilson, of course, from Harlequin Racing with his Lucky 15 and his uh, assessment of the winners at, or the potential winners at Ascot. It'd be interesting to see who's got the most, experts or me. Now then, we're going to be joined by Mr Simon Holt from The Sporting Life. Well, good evening, Simon. A big weekend of racing coming up. What do you make of it all? Well, it looks a fantastic card as ever for Champions Day at Ascot on Saturday, Adrian. And, of course, I suppose the headline performers are Bayid, who bids to defend his unbeaten record in the Champion Stakes. And this will be his last race, probably the best horse we've seen since Frankel. Got a rating of 135, which is extremely high. And also the filly in Spiral, who bids to add to her Prejat Lamarar and Royal Asset success in the Quillers with the second stakes. But they're both going to be very short prices, and uh, I'm not sure that uh, many small punters are going to be that interested in the odds, and there might be alternatives. Yeah, quite. And, of course, £737,000 prize fund on that uh, Bayed race. Well, yes, it's a very valuable race, a fantastic prize fund, and it is going to be the highlight of the day. I just, I don't want to knock the horse. It's impossible to knock him because he's he's a, he's a very classy horse indeed. But I think in Adair, the least that can be said is that Adair is probably the best horse that he's run against, or he will have to run against because yeah. this is obviously to say his last race. Adair, winner of the Derby last season and the King George on this course, a mile and a quarter might be on the sharp side for him at the highest level. But uh, I think Bayi will have to be on his game to to get to Adair, and I'm sure that William Buick on Adair will be, be riding a positive race to make this a bit of a stamina test in, on ground, which will be on the easy side. We're not quite sure what the going is going to be because we're, the weather forecast seems so uncertain, but it's almost certainly going to be on the easy side, but not too soft. And I'm sure that William Buick will ride a positive race on a day or maybe just try and draw the sting out of Bayeux. Whether that's going to work remains to be seen. I can't really see any of the other runners getting involved. If Bayeux is going to get beaten on this his final start, A, it would be a, a great shame if he was, but the horse that could beat him is last year's Derby winner. Yeah. But, of course, there's, there's loads of other racing up at uh, Ascot. Um, what, what other sort of... Uh, class horses do you see coming out on top on, on Saturday? Well, I mentioned in Spiral because uh, she's had a, a a good season. She was a very smart two-year-old. She had a, a bit of a setback at the Newmarket July meeting, but before that she was impressive at Royal Ascot and then uh, won over in France, again showing an excellent turn of foot. Uh, she's Evans' favourites to win the Queen Elizabeth the second stakes. I'm not sure that her victory in France warrants her to be such a short price, though the third Erivan has come out and won at the art meeting and looks a very decent prospect indeed. 
she's actually not the highest rated horse in the Queen Elizabeth II stakes because she's rated a pound below modern games, who's had a very good season, won the uh, French Guineas earlier in the campaign and a, a winner in Woodbine and a, a grade one level last time out. But uh, the difference is that modern games, being a colt, has to give three pounds to inspire. So she's got, she's got a slight edge on the ratings, but only a slight edge, and she's even money favourite. I think also that you've got to take into account that the Revenant, who's been a bit of a regular at this meeting, the French trained horse who really loves soft ground, uh, he'll be absolutely right for it, I think. He's got a terrific record. He won this race in 2020. He was second to King of Change in 2019. And uh, he's, he's almost certainly been trained for the race, and I thought he ran very well on his annual um, annual attempt to win the uh, pre-Daniel Wildenstein at the art meeting and was beaten a length and a half by Erevan, who's one of the most excited horses, most exciting horses that um, I think um, French racing has seen in recent seasons, probably since our man's or So uh, the Revenant, if it did rain buckets, that would definitely fall in his favour. And if you're looking for a bit of value against Inspiral, perhaps he could be the one. Um, what about Emily Upjohn in the 240, in the, what's it called, the uh, Champions, Phillies and Mare stakes? Well, I've had a look at her form. I mean, she's obviously a talented filly. She's not run since being very disappointing in the King George, where she raced too freely. It all went wrong in the Oaks, didn't it? She blew the start, stumbled at the start. And Frankie Dettori was criticised for his ride. He came rather wide on her, and she just failed to get up against Tuesday. Uh, you wouldn't say that Tuesday has done an, uh, an awful lot for the form since then. The third Nashua found a mile and a half too far for her in the Oaks and has done very well since winning uh, at Goodwood in the National Stakes and then running very well last time out at the art meeting. I do question her form a little bit, Emily Upjohn, and I'm not sure that she really deserves to be um, a shortish price favourite. She's not short, short. Uh, seven to two is on offer at the moment. I just think it's an open race and possibly at a bigger price. I quite like the look of Lilac Road, trained by uh, William Haggis. And uh, this filly has been doing very well. He's a, She is a stable companion of Cee Rosa, who won at the art meeting, but uh, she's actually got a slightly higher rating. And uh, her run in the Nassau Stakes behind Nashua, uh, three starts ago, has worked out incredibly well because Aristia, the runner-up, has won since. And fourth place, Fontaine and Dream Loper, the fifth, have all won since. So that was a, a really good run. She then looked a little bit outpaced at York behind Alpinista and ran a fantastic race, I thought, in the Prix-Vermey at Longchamp, where she uh, just failed to reel in Sweet Lady, who seemed to get the run of the race that day. So I think Lilac Road, at a decent price, maybe an each-way suggestion okay. uh, up against Emily Upjohn. Okay, and uh, the, the sprint stakes with uh, Kinross, I mean, I, I fancy Kinross a lot. I don't know what you feel about it. For me, I don't think he's a natural six furlong horse. I think he's a seven furlong horse. I know what they're trying to do. It's a very stiff six furlongs. I, I'm not completely convinced. He's in fantastic form, and I wouldn't necessarily put anyone off him, but I prefer a, a specialist uh, at six furlongs at sprint trips. And the horse, for me, 
is really well suited by the stiff six at Ascot is Creative Force, who won this race last year, had a very light season, uh, hasn't run since running in the July Cup, in which for the second year running he looked a little bit short of toe there at the July course, which is nowhere near as stiff as the six furlongs at Ascot. And his record at Ascot is very strong. He uh, won the Jersey Stakes uh, last season, ended up by winning this race from Glenn Shield. Uh, Minzel, who of course has done fantastically since, now retired. Art Power, who reopposes. And a certain Highfield Princess was back in sixth in this race last year. I think the six furlongs, with a bit of give in the ground, is absolutely perfect for creative force. And I rate him one of the better bets on the, on the card. And what about Trushan? Well, the mystery about Trushan is how he got beaten by Coltrane last time out in the Doncaster Cup. Yeah. Uh, that was a real shock. And you wonder, well, has he just sort of trained off a little bit? Not had a particularly long, hard season, but, uh, you know, winning the Northumberland plate under, under such a big weight and on such a high rating, then he got beaten on ground a bit quicker than he perhaps wanted uh, behind Kiprios in the Goodwood Cup. And then that shock defeat at 9-2 to on against Coltrane in the Doncaster Cup. So that, I, personally, that puts me off a little bit, despite the fact he's won this race for the last two seasons. Uh, he needs to turn up a little bit better than he was at Doncaster. And the odds are a bit surprising. He's 2-1, to one, and the horse that beat him at Doncaster, Coltrane, is around about a 10-to-1 chance. Yeah. I think it's a tricky one because you've got Elder Elder of the St. Ledger winner in there, and also Waterville, who put up an amazing performance coming through from the back of the field to win the, the Irish Cesarowicz for the Aidan O'Brien team. So it's one of those races, one of the races on the car, where I, I wouldn't be so sure about which way to go, to be honest. Well, we're doing a little competition amidst all of the experts on the show. Um, right. And uh, even I've joined in, or not that I'm an expert, of course, you understand. But um, well, I don't, they don't undersell yourself. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you give me six winners then for Ascot? Oh, no. Uh, and we'll, I'm all certain. Well, six I'm almost certainly let me, let, I cannot give you six winners. Let, let me rephrase that. Can you give me six selections for, a, for yeah. the Ascot meeting that, and we'll see how you compare? Like yeah. We'll see how you compare okay. with everybody else. All right. I'll go through the card then. Yeah. Um, in the first race, I will go with True Shen because on his best form, he's easily the best horse. In the okay. race, yeah. Um, in the second race, the champion sprint, I will go with Creative Force. Yeah. Not particularly inspiring me because I think he's going to start favourite and won the race last year. So Creative mm -hmm. Force. Uh, in the mares, the fillies and mares race, I'll go with the outsider or a bigger price runner at any race. And before Lilac Road. Yeah. Um, and then we move on to the Quillers. Now these are the crunch <laughs> races because the one's instinct is to play it safe with you with the short price favourites, but yeah. I feel like being a maverick this week. I'm going to go for the Revenant yeah. in the um, Queen Elizabeth II stakes, um, and in the Quick Kipco Champion stakes, most controversially of all, perhaps, I'm going to go with the Dayar, because I think 5-1 to one on Bayid, although he's an incredibly admirable horse, it's just, this is horse racing. It's always unpredictable. He may well win on the bridle, he is up against the Derby and King George winner, and I will go for a day off. All right, and that just leaves the 4.40 And the Belmoral Handicap, very open-looking race. I like the look of uh, William Haggis's filly, Sweet Believer, 
who has had a light season but came back with a good run um, on her comeback at uh, Sandown in a listed race. And I, I remember seeing her win at Hamilton last season on, on a foray up to Scotland. And she was very impressive under Adam Farragher, who's in the saddle again, taking off his allowance. And he's got a good record on her. He's won twice on her. And um, he uh, from three rides, I think, one, two, three, four rides, uh, two wins, a second, and an unplaced last October when she was probably over the top. But she ran very well at Sandown on her return. And I think there's more to come from Sweet Believer, who could well be suited by the stiff mark. She actually gets a bit further. And I thought at around 9-1 to one she might be the value there. OK, Simon, uh, I will put your entry in amongst the rest of them. There's a couple on there that I, I agree with you. So um, we'll, we'll see how we Which do anyway. Which do you agree with? Uh, I, I've picked out the Reverend. Um, and um, what was the other one you'd done? I can't remember now without going back. <laughs> so, so, I don't know. Oh, right. But I, I know Kinross is one of mine that I've picked, but you didn't pick. Yes. But, uh, yeah, we, well, my migration was another one I picked, but I can't see you've done that one. But but we shall see anyway. But I've got still got to get Mr. Brown's uh, selections yet, which I'm sure will be quite okay. interesting. So uh, thank well, you very much for, for joining us tonight, uh, uh, Simon. And, um, yeah, we'll speak to you again soon. Well, that was Simon Holt from The Sporting Life with his, uh, his goal at our little competition. Fancy imposing by E-Day, that's an interesting one. Anyway, time will tell who's right. But uh, now it's time to catch up with the ever-globetrotting Colin Brown. What a pretty dodgy line from Ibiza this time. So let's see what Colin's got to say. Where are you this time, Mr Brown? Well, funnily enough, I am sat in a very, very, very nice, almost market square in Ibiza. I've just been to the castle, which is a very old barracks uh, built first of all in the 8th century, and uh, they've been doing various worked to it ever since, I think. In fact, there was a crane up there. It's a very pretty place and a lovely walk. I've yeah. done about 6K this morning, so plenty more walking to do today and uh, my son's wedding tomorrow. So having a nice time out here in the beach. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear it. And, uh... I hope it all goes well tomorrow with the big wedding as well. Ah, uh, yeah, third one of the last, third one of the last year. All sons now married, so there so, we go. So they're all sorted, are they? All sorted, all doing extremely well. All got lovely brides. Yeah. One's got a Belarusian. One's got a Bangladeshian cross Australian, and one's married to a Indian cross Scots person. So yeah, they're all. Uh, all got some useful wives. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear it and uh, wish them all the best from uh, Three Valleys Radio. Absolutely, we'll do that. So, good racing on Saturday, including the course champions showing up, which I'm missing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. I'm happy being here. So, we're starting at Newton Abbott today, then, are we? We'll start at Newton Abbott. It's a really good one on the server. National one on the server at Newton Abbott at 110. And um, there's a horse called You Can Tango and Gin Coco. They sort of go together a little bit, sort of like the club I was in last night. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I'll be worse tonight. And uh, but the uh, the horse that I like here is a horse called Number One Gin Coco. It's called. 
I think it's got a really good chance of winning today. Um, and it's trained by Harry Fry, who's also in good form. He was second in a good race at Punchestown last time. Before they won easily at Newton Abbott, I think it's got a great chance of winning today. So that's the one to be on, and it's called Gin Coco. Okay. Right, let's move to the second race at Newton Abbott. Some of the fields down there are really full, and some of them just uh, aren't very full. But there's a horse running, trained by Neil Mulholland, trained and owned by interesting Nelson actually. I think he's called Ollie Harris, but he's a very generous man. He gave 20 grand to a very good charity at Plumpton not so long ago. And he has loads of horses in training uh, with various people, including Gary Moore and Neil Mulholland. He's got a horse called Planned Paradise. It was second at Perth the other day, before that at Warner Worcester. And Jamie Moore rides, and I'd say this one, will take the beating. Talking um, of the Moors, before you move on, how is uh, yeah. uh, young Mr Moore that uh, suffered some dodgy injuries? Oh, God, absolutely incredible. I mean, he was on death's door. I hate to say it, but he, everybody just thought we're never, ever going to see the likes of this man again. But he incredibly just turned the corner, and he's even riding out now and uh, back home. I mean, he had a terrible, terrible injury. You know, he just was in a coma for a long, long time. He's amazing. I saw him at the races the other day, and he's great. Good. He's well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Okay. Absolutely brilliant. Next. Right, on to the... Next thing you know, is going to be the 255. And there's a horse, I love the name. There's a horse running here that's uh, never run over hurdles. But he's a half a good horse called Malaya. And I'm running for two winners on the flat. And he's called him Malaya. And I think he'll win the uh, 255 at Newton Abbott. I thought you were going to come up with that ice and a slice. Being, you know, oh, just knowing yeah. what you like these sort of horses. Because, because not, not, you know, ice and a slice is literally trained two <laughs> miles away from me down here in Somerset. So, uh, there you go. I just thought <laughs> I'd throw that bit of useless information in. Yeah, absolutely useless information. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, nice, nice, nice name. Nice, nice. Kelly Woolacott. Um, quite nicely bred. Yeah. Um, and related to a quite nice horse of Goldstone, I noticed from the top of him. Yeah, no, I'm going to go him. Malaya, I think that's the one that's going to win okay. today. Now, Paul Nichols has got various horses from the owners with me, given um, young Freddie Ginger a chance here. He is one of his conditional jockeys. Freddie Ginger's um, granddad is Colin Tizard, and uh, I think he's got a real good chance of winning on a horse called Sabrina um, at Newton Abbott. And um, it's a horse that's uh, it's a horse that's uh, you know, been placed and uh, scared last time out at uh, Newbury and been placed quite a few times. One of them, I think it'll win. Sabrina, number three in the 3.30 down there at Newton Abbott. OK. Now, I know we've had a bit of rain. The ground's good-ish. I don't know whether it'll run or not, but it needs to be good ground uh, for Boot Hill to run in the... 435. It's owned by a very good friend of mine, Brian Lambert. He has put a lot of money in the racing and deserves success. And this horse, I think, has got a real good chance um, of winning on his day with other fences. John Burke rides in, Johnny Burke. And 
Well, no, he's only had one run ever since before. Wasn't a bad run. All the lot, lot of horses at the race have won since. But this horse, I watched him school in Lambo the other day. Harry Fry brought him up just to school him in Lambo. And he jumped like a blooming Trojan. Jumped yeah. like a, what should I call it? Like, like a buck. And I, stag, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. And I think this one will take the beating uh, at Newton. Okay, fine. Where should we go next? I give up. Where should we go next? I think, I think we'll probably go to... One second. I think we'll probably go to uh, Market Raisin. Okay. Uh, at, Mar at Market Raisin. Um, it's a quite good racing up there. Good prize money as well. Um, there's a horse uh, at Market Raisin. I suppose there's quite a few horses at Mark and Raisin, actually, old boy. There are, there are quite a few. I'm just trying to find from the right way. Um, I've got the wrong wrong race, that's fine. Don't worry. It's still listening to this. We'll get there in a second. Yeah, there's a horse running in our 227, and it's trained by Alan King, and it's owned by the extras of the late Trevor Henning. It's called Harbour Lake. It uh, won a banger the other day. It won at Weatherby uh, over Christmas. I think it'll win today. So it's running in a handicap way. It's called Harbour Lake, number three at Market Raisin in the four uh, in the two twenty-seven race. There. By the way, you had five winners last week. Oh, thank you, AD. I did quite well then. I yeah. I don't think I gave that many. How many selections did I give? Uh, six, twelve. Yeah. Yeah, Alpha Capture, 5-2, to two. Uh, Chaldean, 5-2, yeah. to two. Desert Ordered, 11-10, uh, to 10. Uh, Peregrine Run, 15-2, to two. and Mott Hill, 9-1. to one. So you did quite well for a change. Oh, yeah, Mott Hill, 9-1, to one. that was a good bet, wasn't it? Where? Yeah, yeah. What a fantastic bet that was. Mm. Yeah, that was down at Chepstow. Just thought I'd give you a bit of a boost, you know. That's very kind. I worked in Chelsea actually last week and I did back um, a few winners there and I, 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 I gave four winners out of seven there to my lovely uh, people I was working for, the sponsors, etc., etc. Et so, yeah, we had a very good time. Right, let's go to... We'll go to Stratford, I think. And uh, Bryony Frost, she rode a winner last week on the flat at some Goodwood last Sunday. I was there. And um, she's at Stratford, and in the 214 at Stratford, there's a horse called Huel Goat. Um, so these owners good horses do really well. I bought a share of this Huel Goat for, um, for my son Oliver, who's uh, just flying in from Singapore today. So if you fly to Ibiza from Singapore, you have to go Singapore to Dubai, Dubai to Barcelona, and Barcelona to here. Wow. How about that? Yeah. That's just uh, logistics. Yeah. Anyhow, <clears throat> um, uh, Goat, I think, um, has won its last two. It will win again. Bryony Frost rides the floor for Nichols. And that is in the 214 at Stratford. Um, what else do I like at... Um, what else do I like here at uh, Stratford? I'm just moving through, just uh, trying to find the horse that I was looking at... Uh, Early on, oh yeah, it's a it's a horse that um, was third to point to point in Ireland. It's owned by Pat Ferguson, um, Jed Pace, and John Hells, and it's called Erme Allen, number two in the three twenty four 
um, at Stratford. I, th- I think probably that will win. It's pretty nicely bred, and uh, you know, it's owned by the right people. It costs a few bombs. I'd be surprised if that didn't win. Okay. Right. We're going to get to Ask, aren't we, for the competition? Yes, indeed. Now, you, you've got to understand that you are up against some quality here. Because uh, yeah, go on. Who am I up you're up against Simon Holt, okay. Yeah. Uh, you're up yeah. against Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Um, yeah. Who else are you up against? I'm just trying to think. Oh, I know, me. Not the old lady. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, unbelievable. I know it is. You know, but I thought, well, I'm going to show these so-called experts. Just how bad they are, basically. So we yeah, will see, won't we? We will. We will Wait, see. Shall we? And have you already? Um, yes. Yes, I've, uh, al- have, I've have already because I didn't want. To, I didn't. Do you want me to? Do you want me to tell you who I've done? Just. I so want to tell you who you've done race by race. So is that right? So yeah. Yeah. Them. Yeah. I'll tell you who I've done yeah. race by race. No problem. So we're at the starting okay. off with the one twenty-five so, then. Yeah, and you go first. I've I've done Coltrane. Coltrane? Is that because you're a fan of Robbie's? Not necessarily, no. It it might be because he beat Trushan, but I don't know. Um, Anyway, I've done him. That's that's my selection. He's a good price, Coltrane. And if you fancy Coltrane, you've got a a quite fancy Quicksilver that ran badly in... uh, in France the other day. True Shannon's the favourite around about 15 to 8. Crawler Man, uh, Frankie the Toy, for those of you that follow Frankie, um, Crawler Man is quite a big price, 22 to 1. But do you know, I love, I love when um, Aidan O'Brien steps horses up in trip and he steps horse called Waterville up uh, in trip today. Uh, well, not today, but it's been stepped up in trip in the last few years. And he's a horse of, I think, um, is an improver. He's second to Point King at Leopardstown. The last, uh, about three weeks ago, he ran away with a 30-runner to Zarowicz in the Curra. And I think he could be the, the, the big improver here. Beautifully okay. bred by Camelot. So, number eight, Waterville for me. And number one, Coltrane <coughs> for you. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, right, on, on to the... Uh, two o'clock. Two o'clock, the British champion sprint. Yeah. What a race this is. Well, I've gone for a horse that's banging form, that's uh, been yeah. been actually winning for fun. Uh, uh, Mr. Yeah. Rafe Beckett trains it, and Mr. DeTore's riding yeah. it, and it's called Kinross. Yeah, yeah Kinross was a winner. Winner in Long John the other day. But you know, he might have had quite a hard race going out there because the ground was very... Champions, Phillies and Mayor's Stakes, Group One. Yeah. Good yeah. prize money, yeah. Two hundred eighty-three thousand. I know. I could put up Very that in my good bin. Prize money. Mm. No, that would be nice in my bin as well. Yeah. What wins it then? Well, I've done. What have you gone for? I have done 
uh, Ashada, Jim Crowley and Roger yeah. Varian. Yeah, yeah. Good. So? So, that's what I've done. Second last, second last year, 91 it is. Yeah. I'm going to go for um, a horse to bounce back from its last run, which was in the, um, in the King George here at Asuka. And it's called Emily Upjohn, Frankie DeTory. Um, they've been looking after this horse. It hasn't been probably quite right, but hit form now, and I think that will take a bit of beating. Emily Upjohn in the 240 Ascot on Champions Day. Right. So then uh, we move to the 320, which yeah. I have done. I have done um, the Reverend or Reverend Revenant. Oh, have you? Yeah. Revenant. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Working on the so principle that I don't yeah. think uh, if if at this stage of the afternoon Ryan Moore hasn't won a race, and of course we haven't yeah. tipped him at all yet, yeah. uh, he's going to yeah. be absolutely chafing at the bit to win a race. So uh, since he's riding it, and it seems to be as they're backing it a little bit. I thought that would be uh, an excellent choice. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Okay, the Revenant to you. Um, I'm going to go in spiral. Yeah. Uh, she won at the Royal Meeting under Dottori. She's in great form, trained by Gosden's Chile Branch. She had a massive improvement. A very good mare called Star Scripture by Frankel. I think she's the one to be on today. So Talk, that's for me in spiral. Talking of Frankel, have you noticed the number of big races he's winning now? Well, not winning, but you understand what Quite I mean. Amazing, he's, isn't he? What yeah. an amazing horse he is. Yeah. You know, once upon a time, sort of mares I maybe would get. Now, he sort of looked like he was going to be more of a sort of, well, I hate to say it, jumping stallion, but, you know, he wasn't that so popular. All of a sudden, he's just hit it. You know, he's had classic. So many classic winners now. He is just a terrific horse. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Indeed he is. Right, okay. The big one is the Kipco Champion Stakes Group 1. What a race this is. Bade runs in it. Bade is just an amazing horse. He really is. In fact, he's never beaten. Frankel won 17 races on the bounce. This one looks as if he's going to take his career total to 11. And then he's going to retire. I wish they'd run him next season because I love to see these horses keep running on. You know, as, as four and five year olds, he's a four year old. But mm. Bade, you've got to be with Bade. You haven't got to yeah. be No, I've got, I have gone with Bade. Yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't. I don't think you can go against him. Although Simon Holt has, but um, he's the only one. What's he gone for? Adayar. Yeah. Why does he think Adayar can beat Bade? Just, I don't know, he just thinks it's it's been lightly raced and he feels that it's it's got a good chance, so, you know. Won the derby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Won the derby. So, there you go, that's what he reckons, but I've done Baid, so what are you doing, Baid? Yeah, Baid, I'm going for Baid, yeah. Okay, so. And then. And then the last race, oh, I think, back. is it the last race? Yeah, no, it that's the old Barrow stakes. But yeah, Barrow handicap, what wins it? Yeah. I'm going to go for a bit of an outsider here, something I think could just go and do the business. Yeah. Um, I keep going for Sparotto, but he keeps getting beaten. He's not the horse he was for somebody at the moment. 
I don't know why he just hasn't really shown the form that he should, I think, uh, show. But, you know, I tell you what, the horse that I think could could win, loves Ascot, not being very far in his last three races at Ascot, and he won a Queen Anne. At 25 to 1, I think he's got a great each way chance. First four home, back in the sun bookmakers, they'll pay close five or six. 25 to 1, though, the win bet. Uh, accidental agent, it's called. Mm-hmm. And it runs in the... In the um, 440. Well, I've done there a horse called uh, Migration, which is Mr. William Buick. It's uh, Dave, oh, yeah. trained by David Mensuria. And uh, yeah, I just think it's got and a chance. David Menusier, can I just. Oh, thank I, you. Yeah. David Menusier, of course. Not yeah. David Menusier. I think one of the necessities of work, working in, in any form of. Uh, Activities related to racing is being able to pronounce some of the names of these horses and trainers. Come to that, you've got to be a, you've got to be bilingual, haven't you? Do you know? I, I think anyway. Yeah. It but, is just crazy. Yeah, it's just madness. I very nearly did Escobar. I'm just fascinated by Escobar, and uh, he, he runs some. You know, he's been close to second, two thirds. Won his last race out. So, as a sort of a I just fancy that one a little bit, but I've done my migration anyway, so there we go. Yeah, no, I think you're not going to be far away, are you, really? But there we go. Well, that's great, Colin. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see between the, the four of us who, who comes out on top with the number of winners, and we will obviously announce that next week on next week's show. Absolutely. I can't wait. Can't wait. Looking yeah. forward to it. Well, look, um, don't drink too much San Miguel tomorrow. Um, I hope it all goes well. I'm sure the weather will be fine. That's the one Sangria, good thing about Sangria. it. Sangria, that's what they get on here. Oh, do they? Sangria. If, if ever, any of your listeners ever um, remember a racehorse trainer called Les Kennard, and he trained down near Taunton, yeah. I rode quite a lot of winners for him. I remember he used to bring his wife to Spain and Portugal and places, and... Um, he says, I tell you what she likes when she's out there. She likes drinking that Sandra. I said, what? <laughs> Sandra. I don't even Sandra. Wow, that's Sandra. That's what he does. She likes. And I went, do you mean Sangria? Yeah. I think that's what they call it. He says, she loves that bloody stuff. <laughs> Anyhow, you and your listeners take it easy. Have a lovely weekend. And Mary, we'll mention Mary. Mary. Yeah. Here at the old wedding. And a lovely time, and I shall send you best to Charlie as you asked me to the other day, and I'll send you some pictures, Mary. You take it easy. Keep yeah. back in the winner. Have I shall expect weekend. to receive a bit Mary, of wedding cake, mind. Oh God, you'll bring some back. It'll be sponge cake with cream inside. I expect so. <laughs> it'll be maybe a little bit sort of like. Might be know, a bit of flattened if you put it in your pocket, though. Knowing you, you just stick it in your pocket, won't you? Exactly. We'll yeah. track that out. Anyhow, have a good time. Yeah. Thank you, Colin. See you soon. And that leaves just one more to come. But unfortunately, uh, Richard Phillips has not been able to join us this week. So it would be a little bit unfair to include him in our competition. So, uh, But nonetheless, he's sent me, by the wonders of modern science, his selections. And here they are. Um, the first one is in the 130 at Ascot, of course. And he thinks... Coltrane is a good each-way bet. And the 2 o'clock, he thinks Double or Bubble could 
have a good chance. And in the four o'clock, the big race where Baid is obviously performing, he's gone for Baid to beat Bay Bridge. So there you go from Richard Phillips this week. He'll be back with us next week, hopefully. Uh, as will um, Rod Millman, who's busy buying horses at the uh, sales. Uh, so unfortunately, he couldn't be with us this week either, but I'm sure he'll be back with us next week. So there you have it. The experts versus me. We shall be seeing what the results are on Saturday. I expect I should come last because I don't really know that much, but uh, you never know. You never know. We shall see. But in the meantime, thank you very much for joining us here on The Racing Show on Three Valleys Radio. Make sure you join us again next week when we shall have a, an interview with Gay Calloway. So until then, this is Eddie Hopper saying thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you.